Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Let's go to the Word of God this morning. John chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. John 15, verse 1. I'll begin reading. It says this. If you have your Bibles, open them or or press to them or whatever you need to do. If you don't have one, just reach over and snatch your neighbor's Bible or phone or iPad. And if they look at you crazy, say it's better to give than it is to receive. It's the word of God. John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Hmm. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains or some translations say abide in me. Um, Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains or abides on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and, and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, listen to this. He is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this. This is how my father is glorified, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Notice he said fruitfulness is proof of true discipleship. Over the last several weeks, our church has been, uh, our teachings have been centered around a theme of purpose. First week, Pastor Ben talked about being pushed by purpose. The second week, he talked about uh, praise on purpose. And then last week, he talked about being positioned uh, for purpose. And this, this Sunday, I want to talk to you, kind of adjusted to fit in with the flow. I want to talk to you about this subject, what, uh, being pruned for a purpose yeah push by purpose praise on purpose positioned for purpose now let's get pruned for purpose understand that life is made up of different seasons seasons are a normal part of life one season is dependent upon the other either the writer of ecclesiastes said these words to everything there is a season he said there's a season to give birth and a, a season to give to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to weep and a time to laugh. He said there's a time to throw stones and a time to gather them. There's a time to tear and a time, a time to sow. And there's a time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. To everything there is a season. Seasons are designed to bring change. And because they bring change... What was permitted in one season can be problematic in another season. Because they're designed to change, what has helped in one season 
can actually be a hindrance in another season. Understand that when we talk about seasons and we talk about transitions, oftentimes there has to be a going before there's a coming. There has to be a release before there's a reception. There has to be a letting go before we can actually grab a hold. And sometimes there has to be a decrease before we increase. Next levels require ending or leaving previous levels. Without our ability to end things and have things removed in our life, we will stay stuck, stagnant, and stationary. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. He understood that I can't stay in this season of childishness forever because there's more that God has for my life. And the worst thing that could happen is that I, I, I have an adult body, but still have an adolescent mind. Is that I grow up on the outside, but I fail to grow up on the inside. And if I don't grow up on the inside, understand that I won't be able to step in to all the things that God wants to do on the outside. Because God doesn't look at my growth physically. He looks at my growth spiritually. And spiritual maturity is, has nothing to do with how many years you have attended church. Because it is possible to be in church for 20 years and have perfect attendance, but still be spiritually immature. And, and being spiritually mature is not about how many scriptures you can quote, but it's about how many scriptures you can actually live. Because we have a lot of people that can quote them, but very few that can live them. Oh, I f I'm going somewhere. You see, this particular transition means or, meth or method is necessary that I'm going to talk about. It's the context of our teaching today, and it's called pruning. Pruning. What trading season is to the athletic world is what pruning season is to the body of Christ. We just come out of trading season, you see, in the NFL, and, and there will be a basketball trading season. There'll be a baseball. And, and it's during these times, it's where managers and teams decide who needs to stay and who needs to go. But the whole purpose of those decisions is on the premise of they're trying to get to the next level. We, we don't want last season, come on, th th this new season to look like last season. We want to go better, we want to be better, and we want to go further. And so we're willing to make whatever adjustments, we're willing to prune, we're willing to let some players go in order to, so, so that some players can come. Sometimes it baffles me how some teams will let five guys go in order to get one. But what the managers see is that these five may be good, but that one is great. And even though it looks like I'm losing a lot, but I'm going to get more in the one than the five could produce because they have a perspective that a lot of us don't. And oftentimes, that's how it is in the body of Christ with pruning. It doesn't always make sense in the present, 
But when you look back, you'll understand in the future. One writer said it like this. Life is lived in fast forward, but it's understood in reverse. In other words, when I'm going through it, I don't understand it all. But once I get through it and I look back over my shoulder and I say, you know what? Now it makes sense. While I was walking through it, I didn't understand. While I was having to endure it, it was messing with my mind. But now that I went through it, you know what? It was good that I was afflicted because now I've learned to keep your word. Had I not gone through it, I wouldn't pray like I pray now. Had I not faced it, I wouldn't worship like I worship now. Some of you, the worship, the praise, and the prayer life you have now is a result of a pruning season you had to endure. It was good that there was some stuff removed from your life because it cluttered your praise, cluttered your prayer life, cluttered your worship, but now that God allowed it to remove, you come up in here and you don't care who's looking, who's watching, you don't care if the band's going to worship because you came with worship. You came with a praise in your heart. Hmm. I used to work for General Electric, and during that time, Jack Welch was the CEO of General Electric, and I worked in management. I worked for their energy division, and um, the particular facility that I worked for, um, they made gas turbine engines and the blades that goes in those engines. But Jack Welch was known as one of the best, listen to this, known pruners in the business world. His approach illustrated both the success and the fruit of pruning even in the realm of business. Listen to this. Jack Welch used four standards to make pruning decisions. Under his leadership, GE grew from $26 billion in revenues to $130 billion, and from $14 billion in market value to over $410 billion. Oh, y'all quiet. I, I, that's a lot of money. Well, it is to me. I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> Rolling like that. I'll let your boy after certain. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Under his leadership, notice the increase from 26 billion in revenue to 130 billion, 14 billion in market value to over 410 billion, making it the most valuable company in the world at that time. How did he do it? He had four standards that you can define this pruning. No, watch this. If GE's business could not be number one or number two in its market, he cut it. Any business that was struggling or sick would be fixed, closed, or sold. Get it together or get out, basically. Every year, this is crazy right here, GE would fire the bottom 10% of the workforce. In other words, he was like, either you perform or you move on. Whatever you do, don't fall in that bottom 10% because you're going to be to the left, to the left. That's what he was saying. <laughs> and, 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 and Welch would get rid of the layers of bureaucracy in the company that slowed down communication, productivity, and ideas. And understand, he understood the value that everything goes through seasons. And at times, there were seasons that things had to go in order for things to come. 
and it may look painful in the present by God, but it will be profitable in the future because he understood this was a normal part of a life. And as it is in business, some business people need to hear that today. As it is in the business world, so it is in the spiritual world where God himself utilizes this process in the life of the believer. Listen to this, pruning are seasons that help season the believer. Pruning is the procedure and the process that helps us reach our fullest potential. Pruning is what keeps you, listen to this, from staying in a season that was better than your past, but not God's best for your future. I'm going to say it again. Pruning is what keeps you from staying in a season that was better than your past, but not God's best for your future. In other words, God said, I know it's got, ooh, can I get Southern? I know it's good, but it's going to get gooder. That's what he was saying. That's my translation. <laughs> Therefore, pruning always has a purpose. Pruned for a purpose. Let's look at this principle in our text. Are you ready? You ready to look at it? Notice this. The Bible said in John 15, it begins, Jesus is using this parable to teach this principle of pruning, being pruned for a purpose. And he said, there's the vine, there's the gardener, and there's the branch. And then there's one more, but I'm going to tell you about these. Notice he said, I'm the true vine. He identifies it. He says, God is the gardener. And then he says, you are the branch. But understand there's one person in here that is mentioned, that is not mentioned in here, but that's actually in here. Because in order for the branch to produce fruit, watch this, it has to be connected to the vine. But the vine has to have life flowing through it so it can flow through the branch so it can produce the fruit. So you have God the Father as the gardener. You have God the Son as the true vine. And you have the life that flows through him is God the Holy Spirit. The virtue that flows through the vine into the branch so it can produce fruit. The fullness of the Godhead on display. And the scripture says this. Notice there were two types of branches. There was the, uh, there were two types. There was the fruitful branch and there was the fruitless branch. Did you catch that? It said one bears fruit and one bared no fruit. There were two branches, but there's also two responses. Because to the fruitless branch, the scripture said it is removed. And then verse 6 said it withers and then it is taken and burned. Because it, here's the thing, because it ceased to produce fruit. Now, I want you to understand, you say, ooh, that's pretty harsh. But I want you to know that it's not talking about unbelievers. Because if it was an unbeliever, it would have never been in the branch. I mean, in the vine. Because notice the scripture said both of the branches were in the vine. But if it was an unbeliever, it would have never been connected to the vine. So it talks about believers who start out believing and who, 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 who had their lives fully engulfed, but somewhere along the line, they allowed themselves, like, 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 like Paul says in Galatians, who has bewitched you, having begun in the spirit and now being made perfect in the flesh. What have you allowed to come and sever and loose you from your commitment to Christ? And some commentators and historians are, are, are often say that he's a alluding to Judas that he just left supper with, how Judas started out right, but he ended up wrong and he was a branch that was removed. I know that's not shouting stuff. 
But then the second response was to the fruitful. And the scripture said that to the branch that produces fruit, notice that he prunes. So in other words, no branch stays idle. Either you're removed or you're pruned. But something is going to happen. And what I love about this, here's what you got to see is this right here, is that notice who the Bible said was the, the, that God, I love this, is the gardener. In other words, God does the pruning. Oh, this go mess with you. God does the pruning. <laughs> Not the devil. God does the pruning. Here's what you got to understand. The devil may might be the instrument, but God is the initiator. Pruning is done by God. God said, this, I'm doing this. So you got to be careful. Could you be in a season where you think you're rebuking the devil, but you could be resisting the plan of God? Okay. All right. Because God says, I'm the one that prunes. You know why? Because pruning is a delicate process. Not everybody can prune plants. Don't try to, I can't, don't put pruner, pruner shears in my hand. Wouldn't know what to do. I did that, at, I did that at, at, at our house. I mean, because we, I would say yard, but it's, it ain't a yard. But anyway, I went out, I said, man, these things are overgrown and I didn't know what to do. I went out with some scissors, dulcer, and chopped all the rose bushes down. Shanna came outside having a, what have you done? I said, I pruned it. That ain't pruning, you killed it. I was just doing what I saw the other gardeners do in the community. I thought, but isn't it funny? I tried to do what they tried to do without a revelation that they had. God Almighty. See, they had a perspective that I did not because they were trained in pruning. Because they were trained to look at the vine and know what needed to be cut and needed to be removed and even at the right time so it can continue to flourish. See, that's why God has to be the one that prunes because he knows the right time. He sees the vine that you are. He sees the potential that you have and he knows how to be delicate. Yes, it may hurt, but he's still being delicate. Watch this, because God knows where to cut you where you need to be cut. He knows what needs to be cut off. He knows what needs to be avoided. And he knows the season when it needs to be done. And the reason why he does the pruning is so that you don't stay where you are so that you can get where he's calling you to. Oh, it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. But your God doesn't see you where you are. He sees you where he has called you to be. And notice the end goal. He said, I just don't want fruit. I just don't want more fruit, but I want your life to produce much fruit. You and I are called to produce a lot of fruit, to live a fruitful life that is blessing and that is honorable in the sight of God. God does not want you to stay where you are. He said fruit, fruit, fruit. The fruit of character is what I'm looking for. It's found in Galatians. They're going to put it up. One of your favorite scriptures. I know that's why I'm going to let you read it. Galatians, it says, he said, this is what I'm trying. There's two types of fruit. It's the fruit of character. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, and faith. Watch this. He's saying, I prune you because I want much of this in your life. 
I just don't want it in your life. I just don't want love. I want much love. I just don't want patience. I want much patience. So he keeps pruning until I go from fruit, more fruit to much fruit. But why is that important? Because first you got to have the character of fruit because God uses the character of fruit. Watch this to bring in more fruit. In other words, the fruit of believers. See, if my life don't bear fruit, God can't use it to help bring others into fruit. I'm going to show you a principle in Genesis chapter 1. Are you following me? The Bible said every tree, says, it says this, bears fruit and has the seed of its own. Are you following me? So every tree bears a fruit, and inside that fruit is a seed. And that seed is designed to produce the tree that bears the fruit that the seed is in. Are you following me? But then put up Proverbs 11:30 and watch this. It says the fruit of the righteous of who? The righteous is us. So the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that wins souls is wise. He's connecting soul winning with fruitfulness. So the fruit of the righteous or the fruit of our lives is able to turn, oh my God, come on, create trees. But the only way they could create trees if there's fruit that has the seed in it. But watch this. Have you ever got a piece of fruit? That it looked good, it smelled good, and it actually felt good. But when you bit into it, you was like, oh my God. Oh my. See, that's how the grapes in the grocery stores get me every time. I know, see, I know, see I'm a grape taster. All the time. My wife will tell you, I'm in there. All the time. I'm probably surprised they don't lock me up. I taste everything that I can looking for the right one. And there's been times that I've looked at what I said, oh, that's the right bag for sure. It looks, it smells, and it feels. And I bite into that joker, and it's as sour as I don't know. And in that moment, guess what? I disregard the whole bag. I'm like, if that joker's sour, everything. If that is true with the fruit and the natural, how about, I wonder if that's true in the body of Christ, that when we're bitten by things, oh, I wonder how many unbelievers have a bad taste in their mouth as a result of bitten believers. Oh my God. Uh, okay, you're not going to be with it. Because see, 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 you never know what's in you till you've been bit. Because when you've been bit, it'll show what's really on the inside. You look good until you've been bit with gossip, bit with false accusation, bit with being mistreated, bit with look, being looked over, bit with being abused, bit with being rejected, bit with being talking about. It's then it will determine do you really have the fruit on the inside and not just the look on the outside because when you really got the fruit you can say I've been bit, it hurts but you know what? I'm going to bless those that curse me. I'm going to do good to those that hate me. I'm going to pray for those that despitefully use and persecute me because when that's my response, God will back me up. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I don't have to get in my flesh and make a mess. I just get on my knees and let the Lord fight my battle. I'm going to keep a right heart and a right spirit and let my life bear. Somebody say pruning. Pruning, number one. Watch this. I'm going to give you. He prunes us for and he prunes us from. I got to get through these quick. Number one, if you're taking notes, please take, take, take notes. Understand that we have a Bible because somebody decided to take notes. Okay. 
right. All right. Oh, that changed your little mind, didn't it? Nobody didn't take notes, we wouldn't have a Bible. God, number one, he prunes us for and he prunes us from. Number one, he prunes us to perfect us. Pruning is what the wilderness uh, was all about with the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 8, chapter 1 through 5. I love this because here, listen at the gardener. The gardener said, I led you into the wilderness. I'm the one. It was my idea to put you in the wilderness. And he said, here's my purpose. It was pruning to prove you, to test you. To see what was in your heart, if you would trust me, to see if you would obey my commands. In other words, he put me in a season of pruning to transition my trust. Because up until then, all their trust had been in Egyptian bondage in their ways. He said, but I'm the one that puts you in the wilderness. It wasn't a devil. It wasn't, let me hush. It wasn't a devil. I'm the one that led you. Because I was pruning you for the promise. Good Lord. He said, I was pruning you for the promise. He said, he said, the reason why I pruned you, watch this, was to perfect you or to mature you or to help you to be ready for what I have for you. Notice what he said. He goes, look, look back. He goes, when I, when I took you through there, did you ever miss a meal? He said, I was teaching you that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, I was pruning you to get you to understand that your provision doesn't come from man, but your provision comes from me. He said, he said, did I not feed you with manna? He said, matter of fact, when you got cold, did I not open up a heater in the sky called a pillar of fire? Come on. He said, when you got hot, I was an air conditioner of a cloud to cover you. He said, matter of fact, look at your feet. For 40 years, your shoes did not wear out. I need that anointing on my son, Jacob. That's, that boy will wear a pair of shoes out in two hours. In Jesus' name. He said, look at your feet. Your shoes are still brand new after 40 years. And he didn't stop there. He said, look at your clothes. Your clothes, not one piece of dust, not one piece of lint. There ain't even any wrinkles in your robe. I kept you. And what he was saying, I needed to transition your trust because what I'm taking, oh God, where I'm about to take you, you're going to have to trust in me because yes, there's a promised land, but there's some giants that you're going to have to drive out. So over here, if I teach you, come on, in the wilderness to trust me, you won't become faint-hearted when you get there. And can I tell somebody, maybe you're going through a time right now, it seems like you're in the wilderness, it seems like you're wandering around, and it seems like nothing fruitful is taking place as of right now. I want to declare, could it be that God is using this time to perfect you, to mature you, to ready you? Because let me tell you something, spiritual maturity has nothing to do with how long I've been in church. But could it be God is saying what I'm doing is I'm building you in you a capacity in this season that you can carry the promise. I'm building you in a oh God a character so that when you get into the promise uh, you don't let your oh God you have the character to keep it because see sometimes your gift is ready before your character is ready. Sometimes your talent is ready before your character is ready. Your ability is ready before your character is ready because your 
gifting and your talent can always take you places, but it's your character that keeps you there. And God says, I'll hold you in this season because I love you too much to allow you to get there and not just ruin it for you, your family, your marriage, and your children. I don't want you to ruin it for my name's sake. So in this season, I will prune, I will hold so that when you step into the promise, you got a capacity to carry it. Watch this. He, he, he perfects us. And next he prepares us. Joel, listen to what Joel said in Joel 3. It says, prepare for the holy war. Rouse the warriors. Beat your plows into swords and pruning knives into spears. Did you catch that? Pruning knife into a spear. In other words, prepare for war. A knife, notice that, pruning knife to a spear. In other words, there was a pruning season before a spear season. In other words, it was pruning that prepared me for the war. It was pruning that turned me into a weapon in the hands of a mighty God. It was pruning, watch this, that enabled me to be straight and enabled me to be sharp. Had I not gone through pruning, I wouldn't have got rid of some crooked places in my life. Had I not gone through pruning, I wouldn't be able to be in the hands of a mighty man that can throw me in a direction that I hit the target with a, come on, with a pointed end and a sharp side and a straight life. And sometimes what God will do is take you through pruning. Watch this. Is preparation for the, watch this, the war. Notice he said, wake up for the war. He didn't say battle. But often God, oftentimes God will use small battles to prune that prepare you for greater wars. Oh my God. See the bear, come on Daniel, the bear and the lion, all they were, well, that was pruning season. He was pruning, the, the, watch this, the level of fear with the lion. He was pruning the level of fear with the bear. Because when he got to Goliath, he needed a faith in him that he wouldn't be shaken or intimidated by what he saw. He said, oh, I know it was a lion. I know it was a bear, but those were pruning battles that would prepare you for the war with Goliath because when this giant comes down, there's a whole lot more coming down. Come on, everything that's attached to it is coming down. And some of you are called in your family to be a giant slayer. And when you bring it down, other things are going to come down. Bondages are coming down. Addictions are coming down. Finances are going to come down. Breakthrough is going to come down. That's why you got to submit yourself to the season of pruning because you don't know that you've been called to take down giants. Ah. He prunes us to prepare us. He prunes us to protect us. Watch this. He prunes us to progress us. What does he prune us from? Watch this. Got a few. Number one, take right this. He prunes us. Sometimes he has to prune us from people. Oh, you got quiet. See, your associates, your associations determine your destiny. Proverbs 13 says this, he who walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion with fools shall be destroyed. Every person in your life is going to fall into one of four categories. Are you ready? Those who add to you, those who subtract from you, 
those who multiply you and those who divide you. So your life is going to be filled with seasons, watch this, of disconnections and connections. It's part of life. Who's in your life right now? Are they adding to you or subtracting from you? Are they multiplying you or are they dividing you? If you look at your circle, what is your circle in the present speaking about your future to come? What do you mean, Javon? See, Lot, watch this, had to be pruned, watch this, from Abram. The Bible said in Genesis, watch this, it said, it said, when Lot separated from Abram, notice the next word, look, for the place where you are, look north, south, east, and west. Notice what he said. For I will give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. Well, I'm about to teach you something. Notice, God said after Lot was separated, he said, now I want you to see. Why is that important? If you study the word Lot or the name Lot, it means veil. In other words, as long as Lot was in Abram's life, he was a veil. And notice when the lot or the veil was removed, he could see what God had for him. God, am I, I'm gonna get happy myself. God says, I, see, see, you thought they walked out on you. You thought they left you. You thought they abandoned you. Could it be God was saying, no, that was me. I was removing the veil because if I didn't get rid of them, you couldn't see what I had for you. If I didn't remove them, you wouldn't see the future that I had for you. I know everybody talked about you. I know everybody made fun of you, but it was there. Come on. I had to remove the veil because what I got for you is greater, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's mightier. Before there was elevation, there had to be separation. I feel, can I go a little further? Because I got to talk to Jonah. Jonah texted me this morning and he said, remind him this too. I had to learn from this. Do you remember the story that the Bible said, watch this, when Jonah disobeyed God and entered into the boat, the Bible said, watch the pruner, watch the gardener. The Bible said, and God sent a storm. God sent it. Those guys were minding their own business. Lot got in the, in the boat. Dysfunction got in the boat. Disobedience got in the boat. Rebellion got in the boat. All in the name of Jonah. And the Bible said God sent a storm. Now where there was peace and comfort, now there's turmoil and, and, and discom, everything's discombobulated. Watch this. And the Bible said all the while, Jonah is in the boat sleep. The gall. These guys are up here freaking out and Jonah is fast asleep. You ready for me to preach? Because the Bible said this. They said, what are we going to do? And they start throwing their tackle and their things overboard, their valuables overboard. They said, we got to make the ship light so we won't sink. They didn't understand that it had nothing to do with the values. It had everything to do with who was in the boat. 
Listen to what I'm about to say. If there are people in your life that's causing you to throw your values overboard, they don't deserve to be in your boat. I'm, I'm gonna preach here. I don't care how good they look, how good they sound, how pretty they may be. If they're causing me to throw my values, my standards, what I know I'm supposed to live over the boat, you got to go. Jonah, you got to get up out of here. I'm not like your dysfunction cause dysfunction up in my house. Jonah's got to go and you got to let Lot loose. You can't be in my boat if you're going to cause me to compromise. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. He'll prune people. Can I, I got to hurry. He'll prune. He'll prune pride. Remember what the scripture said? He says, the reason why you bear fruit is so that I would be glorified. You bearing fruit is not about you. You bearing fruit is not about your gift. It's not about your talent. It's not about your expertise. It's not about your network. It's not about how many likes you got and followers you got. It's not about your social media. It's not because you're Facebook famous. It has nothing to do with any of that. Every time you bear fruit, you need to remind yourself, it is my life that's flowing in you. And it's my life that gives you the ability. Because see, this is what happened. If not... God says, I have to release pruning. You don't believe me? Ask King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4. The Bible said King Nebuchadnezzar, he stood up. He said, ooh, look at the kingdom I've built. Ooh, look how big it is and look how awesome it is. Look what I've done with the works of my hand. Look at big ba Babylonian, what I created. And the Bible said when he laid down one night, he had a dream. And in that dream, it messed him up. He said, I laid in my bed and all of a sudden, I had a dream about this big tree that spread far into the sky. It reached across all nations and it bared much fruit the Bible said it had big branches that the animals would come under and find shade and the other birds would eat from its fruit the Bible said and it said it was large and it was big and everybody was amazed with it but then all of a sudden there was an angel or one who observed that came down and said cut it down and listen to the words cut it down to the stump and put brass around it and cause the one to walk like an animal or a beast, like an animal, and eat and graze from the ground like cattle. And it says this, so that he will know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't know what was going on. He said, Daniel, holler at your boy. I had this dream and I'm gonna cut it straight to the, Daniel said, that is you because you have become arrogant and puffed up and prideful. What got me, the Bible said he cut down to the stump. If there was down to the stump, that means there was no branches. The stump represented the original vine. 
And he said, I'm going to cut you down till you remember that you wouldn't even be here if it hadn't been for the vine. You wouldn't even be here if it hadn't been for Jesus. All I'm saying, don't get too prideful. Don't get too arrogant. Don't think that you're so blessed that you don't have to worship and praise God now. Don't think your success is all about you. The higher God takes you, the lower you got to go. You got to get lower and lower and lower and say, God, I'm grateful for the blessing. I'm grateful for the promotion. But without you, I'm nothing. I can't be a husband without you. I can't be a wife without you. I can't leave this business without you. I can't pastor without you. I can't raise my children without you. I need you more today than I did yesterday. You are my source. You are my strength. You are my provider. You are my everything. In you I live. In you I move. In you I have my being. Where would I be without you? You snatched me out of the fire. You saved my life. You kept me from going crazy. You pulled me out of the car. You raised me up out of the hospital bed. I give you the glory, you the praise, and you the honor. You are worthy, oh God. Lucifer was called the son of the morning, but he became the father of night because of pride. God said it stinks in my nostrils. I got one last point and I'm, I promise I'm going to end. I had this thought. What I'm trying to get you to say one more and I'm going to get you out of here. Because what I need you to understand real quick. Why am I talking? This is not a bad message. The whole point of this message is that God has more for you. He said, I'm trying to get you to much fruit. I'm trying to get you to your fullest potential. I'm trying to get your business to where I want it to be. I'm trying to get you to where I want you to be. This is not negative. This is all positive. But watch this. Here we go, and I'm about to end. I thought about it. Jesus said this to the disciples. It is expedient or to your advantage that I must go. He said, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. I thought about that because the scripture did say that Jesus was the vine, but Zechariah said his name is the branch. That messed with me. So Jesus is the vine, but he's also a branch, which means when he becomes a branch, he's positioned for pruning. so that he can bear more fruit. Can I show you? When Jesus walked into the vineyard called Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane, he started a pruning process. God Almighty. From, Gol from Gethsemane to Golgotha, God was pruning his son. He was pruning the branch because he looked at Jesus. 
He said, I got to cut some flesh away because what's on the inside of you cannot be contained any longer. I got to, oh God, prune the branch, hang you on the cross. And when I get through pruning you, the Holy Ghost is going to be released. And that which was in one body, now is going to be in a whole bunch of bodies. There was just some fruit, but now look at all the much fruit because the branch was willing to be pruned for you and I. Now I can walk in power. Now I can walk in authority. Now I can be anointed. Now I can be blessed. Now I, come on somebody. There is fruit, more fruit and much fruit because the branch was pruned. He had to leave because if he didn't go, watch this, there would have been apostles trapped in disciples' bodies. And he said, I had to be pruned so the apostles, the potential that God saw in his people could come out. I wonder what's in you that God's trying to get out. What new idea is God trying to get out? What new level of anointing is God trying to get out? What new level of fruitfulness is God trying to get out? I want to tell you this morning, church, you may be walking through a season, and could it be it's not the devil, but it's the gardener saying, I see more in you. I got more for you. I'm calling you to more. I'm calling you to greater. I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you further. But you're going to have to lose some things. You're going to have to let some things go. You're going to have to surrender. I know it may seem painful now, but it's going to be profitable later. You might have to cry a little bit now, but it's going to keep you from crying a whole lot later because this light affliction, oh God, right now is working for me a more, come on, exceeded and eternal weight of glory. And it's only temporary. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.